This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The unsolved cold case of Victor Shoemaker Jr., better known as JR, is very likely one of the most mysterious and unexplainable missing person cases in West Virginia state history. In fact, it's honestly one of the most bizarre cases that I've ever heard of. We've all heard of the horror stories of the thousands of people that go missing in national parks each year, but this story's a little bit different because JR went missing in the woods less than a quarter mile from his grandfather's house while pretending to be hunting with his cousins. One of his cousins even gave a strange statement to officers that seems to indicate a man may have been following them in the woods that day, but this case isn't quite as simple as that, so stick around. Augusta, West Virginia is unlikely to be a town that you've ever actually heard of. It's a very small, very quiet community that can be found in the northeastern corner of the state. It's a very isolated area, but a deeply religious community. According to a recent census, the population is somewhere around 5,000 people, but there are a total of eight churches located in this tiny area, just to give you a clearer picture of the lifestyle that the people here likely live. Aside from a racetrack and a fairground area, there isn't much else to be found here. On May 1st, 1994, Victor and Nettie Shoemaker were traveling with their son, JR, to visit his grandfather. This is a trip that they'd made many times before, as the family would get together at least four times a year and hang out at the grandfather's house and share stories and laughs. JR and his cousins got along great, and they'd spend hours each day playing in the backyard and in the nearby woods. It was a Sunday when the family arrived, and no sooner than they got there, JR and his cousins ran off into the woods, like usual, to pretend like they were hunting. They'd always walked around the woods for hours on end, searching for anything interesting that they could find and keeping an eye out for wildlife. Usually after hanging out in the woods for a few hours, they'd get hungry and come running back home for dinner. But today was going to be unlike any day the children had ever experienced before. While JR and his family were coming from Virginia, JR's cousins were visiting from Pennsylvania. The grandfather of the family, Oscar, had lived in this area of West Virginia for many years in his home that was located near the base of Short Mountain. There was only one neighboring house in the area, but it was quite a long distance away, and the property was divided by trees, meaning that it would be quite a trek to even see your neighbor's house, much less pay them a visit. On this Sunday afternoon, JR and his cousins entered the woods for their usual make-believe hunting trip. Keep in mind, real hunting is banned in this area on Sundays, so none of the parents were tagging along and none of the cousins were carrying anything that could cause any sort of serious harm or anything like that. After spending a few hours in the woods, JR shouted that he was getting hungry and was going to head back to his grandfather's house. Without hesitation, JR grabbed his things and walked back towards the house. None of the other cousins followed him, and they all assumed that they would just meet up with one another again after dinner. After another couple hours or so, the rest of the boys grabbed their things and headed back towards the house as well. Though when they got there, JR was nowhere to be found. They soon learned that JR never made it back to the house, even though he had set out quite a long time ago. JR's father then asked the boys to take him back to where the area was that they'd last seen JR. They took him back into the woods, but they didn't find anything interesting in the area. In fact, there was no sign of JR at all. 
They called out for him, but they never received any response. JR's father immediately called the police, and within just two hours, several dozen people had showed up to help search for JR. What made this search quite difficult was that a freezing rainstorm was quickly blowing in. By that evening, the storm had already begun, and it was showering all of the volunteers and presumably young JR in seriously cold water. Despite this, the police and volunteers continued their search for the boy. The search would continue for five days before the police department decided it was probably best to call it off. Around 350 people searched a radius of 2.5 miles. According to a local newspaper, police didn't find anything helpful during the search, aside from one small area just a short distance away into the woods. The newspaper claims that a local revealed to them that they'd found a small area where JR may have slept on his first night out in the woods. This was a very bizarre discovery, and I'll do my best to explain it to you, but to be honest, I'm not really following what this newspaper's trying to say. They say that the search and rescue team found a small area where three rocks had been arranged into a triangle, with a stick in the middle and three logs on either side, with dirt that had freshly been disturbed. Keep in mind, this discovery was never mentioned by the police, nor has this discovery been found in any of their files or documentation either. The discovery was only revealed by a volunteer to a local newspaper. The best I can get from this description is that the discovery may have looked something like this. But this is just a guess. The circles represent the rocks, the thicker lines represent the logs, and the thin line at the bottom could represent the stick. So I don't know about you, but this looks an awful lot like an arrow. So is it possible that JR was trying to point towards something? Maybe even in the direction that he'd been heading toward? The only thing is that surely if a group of adults discovered this, they'd realize this was an arrow and they'd have the common sense to continue their search in that direction, right? Now, it's entirely possible that I'm 100% wrong about the formation of the rocks and logs, but it's the best I can gather from the description. In all reality, the stick may have been simply placed in the center of the rocks, almost like a flag or a marker of some kind. We just don't know, and it doesn't appear that officers took any photos of the evidence. From here, the case really begins to pick up steam, and we make our way to yet another bizarre revelation that investigators uncovered. Five days after the search for JR had begun, television stations had been in regular contact with the family, and the news broadcasts were playing all hours of the day, hoping to bring as much a awareness to this case as possible. By this point, law enforcement claimed that they'd interviewed JR's cousins several times. However, when a news station spoke with one of the cousins, he revealed something that police had never mentioned before. The host spoke with the cousin and asked a simple question. What do you think happened to JR? The cousin, without hesitation, responded that he believed, quote, somebody hiding behind a tree got up and grabbed him. Now, this is probably a theory that's been on all of our minds while going over this case, but it's the way the boy said this that makes it so interesting and potentially incredibly important to the investigation. He didn't just say that someone snuck out from behind a tree, he specifically said someone got up from behind a tree. Now this could be nothing more than a child's imagination misfiring, but why would he specifically have envisioned someone getting up from behind a tree unless he had seen someone sitting down behind a tree? I know this is a long shot and it's probably just how the boy chose to word his thoughts, but it's interesting nonetheless, and it doesn't seem like I'm the only one who feels this way. You may not know this, but the FBI doesn't get involved in missing person cases. It's just not what they do. Unless they have evidence that some sort of crime has been committed, they refuse to get involved in any sort of investigation under any circumstances. And that's where this case really takes a turn. Up until this point, police had stated multiple times that they had no reason to believe that foul play was involved in the case. 
They must have said this at least five times over the first few days of the investigation, but I've got to ask, if they didn't believe that foul play was involved, and they didn't believe that a crime had been committed, why did they keep so much information from JR's family and from the press? As I mentioned a second ago, they never mentioned the sticks, stones, and logs that they found to his family. They also never mentioned that one of the cousins had a theory about what happened to JR. To top all of this off, in fall of that year, the local police asked the FBI to intervene and take over the investigation. If no crime had been committed and no signs of foul play were found, then why was the FBI suddenly showing an interest in the case? It seems that police know a lot more than they are letting on, and in fact, foul play may be possible. If you were to look at the area where JR disappeared from a bird's eye view, you would see that within just a couple miles, there are several houses around. There were also ranches, farms, and plenty of other buildings nearby. While JR's grandfather may have not had any neighbors, so to speak, there were plenty of businesses and buildings nearby that were often occupied. That means that JR wouldn't have needed to walk very far at all in order to get to someone's home or business. So how is it that after spending at least 12 hours in these woods, he never made it out of the woods and never came across any other people, unless he did? When Sergeant David Buckert of the West Virginia BCI was asked about the case a couple years later, he said that it was a case that was constantly on his mind. This was all he really revealed about the case, and it seems to further indicate that there may be more to this story than meets the eye. Maybe in all reality, there truly was a man hiding out in the woods that day, and JR's cousins had seen him sitting behind a tree, just like they told the news reporters. Police and locals are still actively investigating the case, but for now, this is really all we know. One thing that seems particularly interesting is that this isn't the only case of a boy who disappeared in the woods after supposedly seeing someone lurking behind a tree. In fact, there's a case that took place in Pennsylvania not too far away, in which a boy named Jackie Copeland witnessed a man sitting behind a tree a man he could only describe as a towering giant. Though this case took place back in 1950, so it seems unlikely that they're actually related. Another interesting detail is that there's a significant number of boys who appear to be going missing while wearing red t-shirts just like JR. But again, this may be completely a coincidence, as boys may just be more likely to wear red. JR's father spoke in an interview about his son and said that he just couldn't understand why or how. And that seems to be an incredibly accurate statement. But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But I've been Ty Knotts. You guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video.